Section 4, Volume 5 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 5, Section 4 369th night to 372nd night when it was the 369th night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the warders had recounted the case of the persian necromancer they held in prison and his weeping and wailing the prince at once devised a device whereby he might compass his desire and presently the guards of the gate being minded to sleep led him into the jail and locked the door so he overheard the persian weeping and bemoaning himself in his own tongue and saying alack and alas for my sin that i sinned against myself and against the king's son in that which i did with the damsel for i neither left her nor won my will of her all this cometh of my lack of sense in that i sought for myself that which i deserved not and which befitted not the like of me for whoso seeketh what suiteth him not at all falleth with the like of my fall now when the king's son heard this he accosted him in persian saying how long will this weeping and wailing last say me thinkest thou that hath befallen thee that which never befell other than thou now when the persian heard this he made friends with him and began to complain to him of his case and misfortunes and as soon as the morning morrowed the warders took the prince and carried him before their king informing him that he had entered the city on the previous night at a time when audience was impossible quoth the king to the prince whence comest thou and what is thy name and trade and why hast thou travelled hither he replied as to my name i am called in persian harja as to my country i come from the land of fars and i am of the men of art and especially of the art of medicine and healing the sick and those whom the jinns drive mad for this i go round about all countries and cities to profit by adding knowledge to my knowledge and whenever i see a patient i heal him and this is my craft now when the king heard this he rejoiced with exceeding joy and said o excellent sage thou hast indeed come to us at a time when we need thee then he acquainted him with the case of the princess adding if thou cure her and recover her from her madness thou shalt have of me everything thou seekest replied the prince allah save and favour the king describe to me all thou hast seen of her insanity and tell me how long it is since the excess attacked her also how thou camest by her and the horse and the sage so the king told him the whole story from first to last adding the sage is in jail quoth the prince o auspicious king and what hast thou done with the horse quoth the king o youth it is with me yet laid up in one of my treasure chambers 
whereupon said the prince within himself the best thing i can do is first to see the horse and assure myself of its condition if it be whole and sound all will be well and end well but if its motor works be destroyed i must find some other way of delivering my beloved thereupon he turned to the king and said to him o king i must see the horse in question haply i may find in it somewhat that will serve me for the recovery of the damsel with all my heart replied the king and taking him by the hand showed him into the place where the horse was the prince went round about it examining its condition and found it whole and sound whereat he rejoiced greatly and said to the king allah save and exalt the king i would fain go in to the damsel that i may see how it is with her for i hope in allah to heal her by my healing hand through means of the horse then he bade them take care of the horse and the king carried him to the princess's apartment where her lover found her wringing her hands and writhing and beating herself against the ground and tearing her garments to tatters as was her wont but there was no madness of jinn in her and she did this but that none might approach her when the prince saw her thus he said to her no harm shall betide thee o ravishment of the three worlds and went on to soothe her and speak her fair till he managed to whisper i am kamar alakmar whereupon she cried out with a loud cry and fell down fainting for excess of joy but the king thought this was epilepsy brought on by her fear of him and by her suddenly being startled then the prince put his mouth to her ear and said to her o shams al nahar o seduction of the universe have a care for thy life and mine and be patient and constant for this our position needeth sufferance and skilful contrivance to make shift for our delivery from the tyrannical king my first move will be now to go out to him and tell him that thou art possessed of a jinn and hence thy madness but that i will engage to heal thee and drive away the evil spirit if he will at once unbind thy bonds so when he cometh in to thee do thou speak him smooth words that he may think i have cured thee and all will be done for us as we desire quoth she hearkening and obedience and he went out to the king in joy and gladness and said to him o august king i have by thy good fortune discovered her disease and its remedy and have cured her for thee so now do thou go in to her and speak her softly and treat her kindly and promise her what may please her so shall all thou desirest of her be accomplished to thee and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the three hundred and seventieth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the prince feigned himself a leech and went into the damsel and made himself known to her and told her how he purposed to deliver her she cried hearkening and obedience he then fared forth from her and sought the king and said 
go thou in to her and speak her softly and promise her what may please her so shall all thou desirest of her be accomplished to thee thereupon the king went in to her and when she saw him she rose and kissing the ground before him bade him welcome and said i admire how thou hast come to visit thy handmaid this day whereat he was ready to fly for joy and bade the waiting women and the eunuchs attend her and carry her to the hammam and make ready for her dresses and adornment so they went in to her and saluted her and she returned their salams with the goodliest language and after the pleasantest fashion whereupon they clad her in royal apparel and clasping a collar of jewels about her neck carried her to the bath and served her there then they brought her forth as she were the full moon and when she came into the king's presence she saluted him and kissed ground before him whereupon he joyed in her with joy exceeding and said to the prince o sage o philosopher all this is of thy blessing allah increase to us the benefit of thy healing breath the prince replied o king for the completion of her cure it behoveth that thou go forth thou and all thy troops and guards to the place where thou foundest her not forgetting the beast of black wood which was with her for therein is a devil and unless i exorcise him he will return to her and afflict her at the head of every month with love and gladness cried the king o thou prince of all philosophers and most learned of all who see the light of day then he brought out the ebony horse to the meadow in question and rode thither with all his troops and the princess little weeting the purpose of the prince now when they came to the appointed place the prince still habited as a leech bade them set the princess and the steed as far as i could reach from the king and his troops and said to him with thy leave and at thy word i will now proceed to the fumigations and conjurations and here imprison the adversary of mankind that he may never more return to her after this i shall mount this wooden horse which seemeth to be made of ebony and take the damsel up behind me whereupon it will shake and sway to and fro and fare forwards till it come to thee when the affair will be at an end and after this thou mayst do with her as thou wilt when the king heard his words he rejoiced with extreme joy so the prince mounted the horse and taking the damsel up behind him whilst the king and his troops watched him bound her fast to him then he turned the ascending pin and the horse took flight and soared with them high in air till they disappeared from every eye after this the king abode half the day expecting their return but they returned not so when he despaired of them repenting him greatly of that which he had done and grieving sore for the loss of the damsel he went back to the city with his troops he then sent for the persian who was in prison and said to him o thou traitor o thou villain why didst thou hide from me the mystery of the ebony horse and now a sharper hath come to me and hath carried it off together with a slave-girl whose ornaments are worth a mint of money and i shall never see any one or anything of them again 
so the persian related to him all his past first and last and the king was seized with a fit of fury which well-nigh ended his life he shut himself up in his palace for a while mourning and afflicted but at last his vassals came in to him and applied themselves to comfort him saying verily he who took the damsel is an enchanter and praised be allah who hath delivered thee from his craft and sorcery and they ceased not from him till he was comforted for her loss thus far concerning the king but as for the prince he continued his career towards his father's capital in joy and cheer and stayed not till he alighted on his own palace where he set the lady in safety after which he went in to his father and mother and saluted them and acquainted them with her coming whereat they were filled with solace and gladness then he spread great banquets for the townsfolk and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the three hundred and seventy-first night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the king's son spread great banquets for the townsfolk and they held high festival a whole month at the end of which time he went in to the princess and they took their joy of each other with exceeding joy but his father brake the ebony horse in pieces and destroyed its mechanism for flight moreover the prince wrote a letter to the princess's father advising him of all that had befallen her and informing him how she was now married to him and in all health and happiness and sent it by a messenger together with costly presents and curious rarities and when the messenger arrived at the city which was saana and delivered the letter and the presents to the king he read the missive and rejoiced greatly thereat and accepted the presents honouring and rewarding the bearer handsomely moreover he forwarded rich gifts to his son-in-law by the same messenger who returned to his master and acquainted him with what had passed whereat he was much cheered after this the prince wrote a letter every year to his father-in-law and sent him presents till in course of time his sire king sabur deceased and he reigned in his stead ruling justly over his lieges and conducting himself well and righteously towards them so that the land submitted to him and his subjects did him loyal service and kamar al-akmar and his wife shams al-nahar abode in the enjoyment of all satisfaction and solace of life till there came to them the destroyer of delights and sunderer of societies the plunderer of palaces the carterer for cemeteries and the garnerer of graves and now glory be to the living one who dieth not and in whose hand is the dominion of the worlds visible and invisible moreover i have heard tell the tale of uns al wujud and the wazir's daughter alvard fil akmam or rose in hood there was once in days of yore and in ages and times long gone before a king of great power and lord of glory and dominion galore who had a vassal ibrahim hight and this vassal's daughter was a damsel of extraordinary beauty and loveliness gifted with passing brilliancy 
and the perfection of grace possessed of abundant wit and in all good breeding complete but she loved vassal and wine and the human face divine and choice verses and rare stories and the delicacy of her inner gifts invited all hearts to love even as saith the poet describing her like moon she shines amid the starry sky robbing in tresses blackest ink out by the morning breezes give her boughs fair drink and like a branch she sways with supple ply she smiles in passing us o thou that art fairest in yellow robe or cramoisy thou playst with my wit in love as though sparrow in hand of playful boy were i her name was rose in hood and she was so named for her young and tender beauty and the freshness of her brilliancy and the king loved her in his cups because of her accomplishments and fine manners now it was the king's custom yearly to gather together all the nobles of his realm and play with a ball so when the day came round whereon the folk assembled for ball play the minister's daughter seated herself at her lattice to divert herself by looking on at the game and as they were at play her glance fell upon a youth among the guards than whom never was seen a comelier face nor a goodlier form for he was bright of favour showing white teeth when he smiled tall statured and broad-shouldered she looked at him again and again and could not take her fill of gazing and presently said to her nurse what is the name of yonder handsome young man among the troops replied the nurse oh my daughter the dear fellows are all handsome which of them dost thou mean said rose in hood wait till he come past and i will point him out to thee so she took an apple and as he rode by dropped it on him whereupon he raised his head to see who did this and espied the vassy's daughter at the window as she were the moon of fullest light in the darkness of the night nor did he withdraw his eyes till his heart was utterly lost to her and he recited these lines wast archer shot me or wast thine eyes ruined lover's heart that thy charms espice was the notched shaft from a host outshot or from latticed window in sudden guise when the game was at an end and all had left the ground she asked her nurse what is the name of that youth i showed thee and the good woman answered his name is uns al wujud whereat rose in hood shook her head and lay down on her couch with thoughts of fire for love then sighing deeply she improvised these couplets he missed not who dubbed thee world's delight a world's love conjoining to bounty's light o thou whose favour the full moon favours whose charms make life and the living bright thou hast none equal among mankind sultan of beauty and proof i'll cite thine eyebrows are likest a well-formed nun and thine eyes as sad by his hand indite 
thy shape is the soft green bow that gives when asked to all with all gracious sprite thou excellest knights of the world in store with delight and beauty and bounty dight when she had finished her verses she wrote them on a sheet of paper which she folded in a piece of gold embroidered silk and placed under her pillow now one of her nurses had seen her so she came up to her and held her in talk till she slept when she stole the scroll from under her pillow and after reading it knew that she had fallen in love with uns al wujud then she returned the scroll to its place and when her mistress awoke she said to her o oh, my lady indeed i am to thee a true counsellor and am tenderly anxious on thy account know that love is a tyrant and the hiding it melteth iron and entaileth sickness and unease nor for whoso confesseth it is there aught of reproach rejoined rose in hood and what is the medicine of passion o nurse mine answered the nurse the medicine of passion is enjoyment quoth she and how may one come by enjoyment quoth the other by letters and messages my lady by whispered words of compliment and by greetings before the world all this bringeth lovers together and makes hard matters easy so if thou have aught at heart mistress mine i am the fittest to keep thy secret and do thy desires and carry thy letters now when the damsel heard this her reason flew and fled for joy but she restrained herself from speech till she should see the issue of the matter saying within herself none knoweth this thing of me nor will i trust this one with my secret till i have tried her then said the woman o oh, my lady i saw in my sleep as though a man came to me and said thy mistress and uns al wujud love each other so do thou serve their case by carrying their messages and doing their desires and keeping their secrets and much good shall befall thee so now i have told thee my vision and it is thine to decide quoth rose in hood after she heard of the dream and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the three hundred and seventy-second night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Rose in Hood asked her nurse after hearing of the dream, Tell me, canst thou keep a secret, O my nurse? Whereto she answered, And how should I not keep secrecy, I that am of the flower of thee free? Then the maiden pulled out the scroll, whereon she had written the verses, and said, carry me this my letter to uns al wujud and bring me his reply the nurse took the letter and repairing to uns al wujud kissed his hands and greeted him right courteously then gave him the paper and he read it and comprehending the contents wrote on the back these couplets i soothe my heart and my love repel but my state interprets my love too well when tears flow i tell them mine eyes are ill 
lest the censor see and my case foretell i was fancy free and unknew i love but i fell in love and in madness fell i show you my case and complain of pain pine and ecstasy that your wrath compel i write you with tears of eyes so belike they explain the love come my heart to quell allah god a face that is veiled with charms whose thrall is moon and the stars as well in her beauty i never beheld the like from her sway the branches learn sway and swell i beg you and tis not too much of pains to call twere boon without parallel i give you a soul you will haply take to which union is heaven disunion hell then he folded the letter and kissing it gave it to the go-between and said to her o nurse incline the lady's heart to me to hear is to obey answered she and carried the script to her mistress who kissed it and laid it on her heart then she opened it and read it and understood it and wrote at the foot of it these couplets oh whose heart by our beauty's captive tain have patience and all thou shalt haply gain when we knew that thy love was a true effect and what pained our heart to thy heart gave pain we had granted thee wished for call and more but hindered so doing the chamberlain when the night grows dark through our love's excess fire burns our vitals with might and main and sleep from our beds is driven afar and our bodies are tortured by passion bane hide love in love's code is the first command and from raising his veil thy hand restrain i fell love fulfilled by yon gazelle would he never wander from where i dwell then she folded the letter and gave it to the nurse who took it and went out from her mistress to seek the young man but as she would fare forth the chamberlain met her and said to her whither away to the bath answered she but in her fear and confusion she dropped the letter without knowing it and went off unrecking what she had done when one of the eunuchs seeing it lying in the way picked it up when the nurse came without the door she sought for it but found it not so turned back to her mistress and told her of this and what had befallen her meanwhile the wazir came out of the harem and seated himself on his couch whereupon behold the eunuch who had picked up the letter came in to him holding it in hand and said o oh, my lord i found this paper lying upon the floor and picked it up so the minister took it from his hand folded as it was and opening it read the verses as above set down then after mastering the meaning he examined the writing and knew it for his daughter's hand whereupon he went to her mother weeping so abundant tears that his beard was wetted his wife asked him what maketh thee weep o my lord and he answered take this letter and see what is therein so she took it and found it to be a love-letter from her daughter rose in hood to uns al-wujud 
whereupon the ready drops sprang to her eyes but she composed her mind and gulping down her tears said to her husband o oh, my lord there is no profit in weeping the right course is to cast about for a means of keeping thine honour and concealing the affair of thy daughter and she went on to comfort him and lighten his trouble but he said i am fearful for my daughter by reason of this new passion knowest thou not that the sultan loveth uns al wajud with exceeding love and my fear hath two causes the first concerneth myself it is that she is my daughter the second is on account of the king for that uns al wujud is a favorite with the sultan and peradventure great troubles shall come out of this affair what deemest thou should be done and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say end of section four read by lars rolander